Minister Adam, welcome to the Chillinois podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for sitting down. Um, for for give us a brief introduction. Who are you? Uh, my name is Minister Adam. I'm the congregation head for the Satanic Temple, Illinois. Um, I'm also uh, the registration director for SatanCon, which is um, Satanic Temple's uh, annual uh, conference that we do. I'm also the co-director of the Satanic Representation Campaign, which is one of the several campaigns um, that the Satanic Temple uh, uh, does and uh, uh, SRC, as we like to call it, um, deals specifically with um, ensuring our religious values um, are equal and opposite in plural spaces. Um, and so, for example, if there's a holiday display somewhere in a in a on a state capital, um, and a Satanist would like assistance um, in getting one up, uh, in in to to exist separate to it, I can help with that. Very cool. Well, uh, once again, thank you for sitting down and speaking with me. You know, we've been talking, uh, we just dipped our toe in the water of like religious freedoms and such. Uh, and so, you know, one, one organization or, or I don't even know exactly how to refer to the satanic temple. Um, but the satanic temple has just always intrigued me is what I'm trying to say. And so I've been wanting to learn more, you know, I've done a little bit of my own research, but when I found out that Illinois had a satanic temple, um, I thought, well, why don't I just reach out? So again, thanks. Thanks for sitting down. Most definitely. Yeah. There's a lot of misconceptions about the satanic temple and, uh, being able to dispel those is always, uh, a helpful endeavor in my opinion. Yeah. And maybe that's a healthy place to start. You know, we don't have to get too in the mud on misconceptions, but why don't we just start with, with a misconception, uh, or with, with some misconceptions maybe that you encounter, and then let's talk about what you actually, what you actually are. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I'd rather actually opposite that and, and, and sort of explain, um, and, and I should caveat this by saying that, you know, uh, I, I'm speaking as an individual, I'm not necessarily speaking as a representative or, uh, of the organization, but I am a member, I'm leadership, uh, within, within the organization. And also, um, uh, again, the head of TST Illinois, which I can speak to, uh, and for, um, just a minor caveat there. Um, but I think, I think the, the, the first thing that people should really know, um, is that we are a non-theistic religious group um, that utilizes Satan as a metaphor. Um, and we embrace ideas such as uh, benevolence and empathy, compassion, uh, a rejection of arbitrary authority, um, and uh, an understanding of duality in human nature and all kinds of things like that. Um, and there are quite a few myths about us, about Satanists in general as well, not just us, but other Satanists as well. Um, that um, tend to muddy the waters or, or, or really poison the well when people um, think about who we who Satanists are and what they do in their day to day lives. Um, yeah, then I think that that gives it a nice little little bow. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, that was perfect. That was perfect. Can you can you give me more on the first part? It, you, you described you know your non theistic religion. You uh, worship Satan as you said as a symbol, not as a uh, like a say that just get more into no, that. I want to learn worship, more. We don't worship Satan at all. Satan doesn't exist. Uh, but Satan, yeah, right. Satan is a very useful metaphor for the things like a rejection of arbitrary authority and embracing of one's otherness, um, you know, uh, walking one's own path and so on. There's a lot of different ways of getting there, but, um, Satan tends to be an excellent, 
uh, mascot for this. And when we talk about Satan specifically, we're looking at the romantic uh, era idea of Satan. There's a lot of different Satans um, uh, that have been sort of codified. And John Milton's is probably the best, uh, uh, probably my best uh, and favorite uh, interpretation of this, this idea of like this fallen angel that brings knowledge to humanity and and rejects the you know the tyranny and and forced servitude of of uh you know a prostration before a god that you know really just goes out and just murders people by the millions regularly uh and so um yeah it's it's a it's a mascot in that way um within the satanic temple specifically because there are other flavors of satanism out there um we don't we don't own satan we've never claimed to own satan um, but, uh, we, you know, a lot of the beliefs of the satanic temple are, are really codified by the seven, uh, tenets, um, and the seven tenets, I guess would be considered, um, you know, the core of the beliefs, um, which, and I, I'm happy to go over those if, if you want. Uh, if yeah. You yeah. No. Um, and I could even pull them up as you go through them. Sure. Uh, um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I'm glad that you, that you made that distinction because, uh, while I pull these up, you know, um, most people don't even understand that, like you said, Satan to you is not real, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like people don't under that. That's the biggest, I'd say, misconception, um, about all of this. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, it is, it is an enduring fantasy. This, uh, Rosemary's baby, idea of satanism um and it has a long and storied history with iconography ritual community artwork and all kinds of things like that that have uh more or less nothing to do with what being an actual satanist uh is like Uh, are are these it i want to make sure i got the right one yeah that's it those are the the seven fundamental tenets that's correct um and these these would be our our guideposts um and uh, and and they are not infallible or anything like that. And that we'll we'll get to that when we talk about number seven. But that's uh, that's a real important um, you know thing to remember is is that these are not uh, these are not our laws. These are common shared beliefs that I think that um, kind of engender the spirit of uh, Satanism uh, to those that follow the Satanic Temple, in my opinion. Yeah. So let's get, let's get into this. And yeah. So folks uh, that are watching, you can see them displayed, but I'll have you read through them for folks that are listening. Sure thing. So the seven fundamental tenets. Okay. So number one, uh, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. Um, do you want me to bloviate about each of these or just kind of please? Yeah. Yeah. If you could. Uh, you know, I, I jokingly refer to this one as the vegan tenant. Uh, sometimes you'd be, you'd, um, uh, another, another, uh, fellow Satanist once said in an interview, um, you know, you'd be surprised how many Satanists are vegans. And that's absolutely true. Um, I like to look at this from a little bit more of a, of a Buddhist perspective of, of just the idea of lessening suffering or, or attenuating suffering where possible. Um, you know, striving to act with compassion and empathy, empathy towards all creatures, you know, is a noble pursuit, um, ensuring that, you know, our pets have, and, and our pets have, you know, basic healthcare needs and, and, um, and a dignified death, just like humans should have basic healthcare needs and a dignified death. Um, you know, the, the, and I won't go too far into the weeds on the, the vegan argument. I, I myself am not vegan, uh, personally, nor vegetarian. Um, but I've always, uh, my, my, uh, the caveat in this one is the uh, it with in accordance with reason. Um, you know, I guess one 
way of looking at this, and this is an abstract, this is not a real story, but like an abstract would be like, if you hit, you know, uh, a rabbit with your car kind of thing, do you put it out of its misery? Would that be, you know, acting with compassion, even though you're killing an animal, those kinds of things come into play. And, um, right. In in the the conversation of the gray area between two uh, extreme and extreme points, I guess of like never killing an animal and always killing whatever. Nobody really kills animals. They, you understand the point I'm trying to make, though. Um, and so that's the in accordance with reason um, and the compassion empathy. So number two, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Um, this one I think is incredibly important, um, especially given um, uh, the climate today, but um, yeah. it's always useful, useful to remember that things that we take for granted as, um, you know, codified into law as rights or inalienable uh, inalienable rights in some cases um, have been illegal before. Um, and we have very short memories when it comes to that. And, you know, I don't think it's ever, but I mean, slavery was legal for a while. That has never been, you know, a just practice. It simply has not been to enslave another. Um, and that was legal. And so that that's a good example of what this tenet speaks to the idea of a rejection of a codified, you know, sort of law that flies in the face of, you know, really the other tenets, but just, you know, being a good person and, and treating other people well. Um, so that's two. Uh, tenet number three, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. Um, this one is probably the one that people are most familiar with, um, especially because of the satanic temples, um, staunch advocacy for things like, uh, reproductive rights and so on. Um, but it, it, it's, it's beyond that. Um, and, and of course that is very important, but things like, uh, body modification, tattoos, piercings, um, of any kind uh, that somebody might be interested in, you know, it's their body to do with what they please. Sex work is another great example of this. Uh, sex work is not only work. Um, but it should be the choice of whoever is engaged in it and literally no one else's. Um, you know, what two consenting adults do or more consenting adults do at any given time is completely up to those consenting adults and literally nobody else. Um, and of course, when it comes to, um, you know, healthcare, uh, whether that be reproductive rights for those with uteruses that would like access to that, um, to um, those who don't have uteruses and that would like to have a vasectomy, for example, or end of life things and, and, um, wanting to be able to, uh, you know, um, exit gracefully in the face of, um, you know, a debilitating disease or, or whatever. Uh, ultimately these are our bodies to do with what we please. Um, and, uh, that should never be a right that's violated. Before uh, you move, oh, go before ahead. you move on, do you, does, uh, sorry to ask a question. Um, but do you, I've always been curious on this point. Does for the satanic temple do like the right to use drugs kind of fold into that tenant? Well, um, you know what I mean? Like cannabis legalization and all of that. Everybody is, I mean, it, it, that falls under bodily autonomy. Absolutely. There's no proscripted Satanism. doesn't say you have to use drugs. Satanism. Sure. Say, <laughs> sure. Use drugs. Uh, Satanism says, do what's great for you. Um, don't hurt people while doing it. And Bingo. so, you know, yeah. if people are interested in partaking in uh, cannabis or whatever um, that is well within um, the, the, the freedoms of one's body uh, being inviolable. Um, 
I would argue, um, since we're going to have to get into this, obviously, based on the, 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 the context of the podcast, that the struggle for justice um, ties into that um, quite heavily. I mean, you look at um, the overly restrictive cannabis laws and the war on drugs that um, has clearly been lost <laughs> and continually uh, is being lost. Um, how many people have been thrown in, in prison uh, based on a roach in their ashtray? Or, you know, any number of very, you know, minor, incredibly minor things in which an adult is choosing to do a thing on their own um, that the state has decided um, using bunk science, which we'll get to in a minute, to um, to do that. Um, how many lives have been harmed? How many people have been thrown into prison? How much money has been wasted? How many families have been broken up, et cetera? Um, and so I would argue that fighting against that falls under two. Um, Thanks. So. I hope that yeah. answers the question. Definitely. Yeah, definitely does. Yep. Um, okay. Tenet number four. Um, the freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. Um, this this is looked at in a lot of different ways. Um, without sounding like an... I can swear on this, I would assume, right? Without sounding yeah. like too much of an asshole... Um, I do see a lot of people that I that I um, I'm usually un, uh, disappointed to see people um, look at this and be like, this means I can be a shithead uh, freedom to offend like that. I, I think that misses the spirit of the, the tenant itself. Uh, many of us um, that identify as Satanists uh, are others um, and we identify with the other because we are othered. Um, whether that means we've grown up in minority religions or we are LGBTQIA+, or we are BIPOC, or something, we are othered. And the freedom to offend um, is not necessarily a, an active thing. Uh, me being a bisexual male offends people just by purely existing. You know, uh, gay individuals uh, offend people purely by existing. Um, individuals... Uh, of a darker skin tone offend people just by existing. And this tenet basically says, fuck them, be yourself. But it's also, it, it, it also needs to, it balances with the fact that, you know, we all have these rights um, to, um, to exist in the way that we do. Um, and pluralism is, is the word that really kind of hits home. Um, and I will, I'm sure I'll bloviate about this later too. Um, but, uh, th that's a really, really important sticking point for me. Um, it's not just some license to be a shithead. Right. Uh, I mean, if you really want to be, go for it, but you know, it doesn't <laughs> say anything about freedom from consequences. Um, okay. Uh, tenet number five, belief should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care to never, uh, never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. Um, it's an evidence-based approach, um, a skepticism-based approach to basically everything. Um, and it's not just, you know, matters of the supernatural, which, you know, I don't believe in. I don't believe in gods or, you know, uh, you know, the supernatural. I don't, I just don't believe in shit like that. Um, but I'm open to evidence of it um, because you know, I think a truly satanic position with these kinds of things would be agnosticism. Um, but uh, even beyond that, you know, to, to kind of step back to, um, that point about cannabis, um, all the junk science that came out, reefer madness and all that nonsense, you know, a lot of the, um, a lot of the, 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 the science around that was, you know, cherry picked data, um, in order to show links to X or Y or Z, um, or, you know, uh, 
causation versus correlation and so on, or correlation versus causation and so on. And finding, using facts to go to a point instead of utilizing facts and seeing where they lead. Um, and that, that I think is, um, a very important thing to do. Um, and, and that is why it's such a, such a beautiful and codified, uh, tenet because it is, it's a malleable one too. Um, I think it was Isaac Asimov that was, you know, that said that any, uh, technology sufficiently advanced, um, would be indistinguishable to magic to a, to a generation further back or whatever. Um, and so, uh, continual, continual skepticism and science and, and pushing scientific understanding, um, in all aspects of our lives from the, the physical to the material to whatever is, is, is greatly important. Um, and, and coming at it from this angle, I think is the purest, um, and best way of doing so. Tenant number six, people are fallible. Uh, if one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have been caused. This one's pretty obvious. People fuck up. We don't, we're not, we're not perfect creatures. We, we, we misspeak. You know, we, we hurt people sometimes with our actions, sometimes actively, sometimes passively and allowing ourselves the space to grow and to fix these things is the best thing we can do. Um, there's been a lot of people I've pissed off over the years. There's a lot of people that have pissed me off over the years. And again, I kind of like to look at this from a, from a Buddhist perspective, personally, of just, a, again, lessening suffering, but also an acceptance um, and trying to um, shed things like grudges or hatred or fear and, and instead, you know, embrace the things that I have in common with people, um, even those that have wronged me. Um, and then the last tenet, and this is absolutely my favorite one. Every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility and action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. I mean, I, I can't think of a, a more beautiful way of, of, of saying this, but it's also, it means that our tenets in and of themselves could change based on the needs of the times. You know, um, the ability to be inspired by these is beautiful, but then make something with it, you know, and continue that sort of egalitarian and ultimately enlightenment based enlightenment based satanic thought with reason, logic, um, and empathy. Um, and, uh, yeah, that is absolutely my favorite tenet. And it should be noted here just as a, a minor thing is that all of these tenets work in concert with each other, um, and they balance each other. And so when considering one, it's, it's always suggested to consider it with others. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the minor anecdote I'll give here is that during the height of, um, the vaccine disinformation that was being bandied about when it came to the COVID vaccine, you know, um, was definitely receiving emails, um, to the TST Illinois inbox requesting religious exemption, uh, from vaccinations, which was utterly ridiculous and a, just a total misread um, of our tenets, um, you know, because it was a claim of bodily autonomy, but um, it's a public health crisis. You can make other people sick if you if you decide to forego the scientific um, basis by which these vaccines are out there and ignore the fact that by making other people sick, you could fucking kill them as a tenant one. And so that was, that's a, that's a really good example of taking one, which is, you know, tenant three, and then completely ignoring the rest of them that balances out in that situation. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. I mean, just 
to if I could maybe even provide my commentary on it just on that particular hypothetical or that particular example um when you when this tenet the freedom of others should be respected and to willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own that's basically taking on exactly what you just said which is that yeah your body's inviolable 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 i had trouble saying that Um, (laughs) but but if what you're doing puts others at risk that's a different conversation Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah. you get it yeah yeah well i gotta say just to before we move any further it's funny you know again people that don't know anything about the satanic temple if they're if they're watching right now and we've gone through these tenets they're probably thinking as i thought the first time i went through the the fundamental, the seven fundamental tenets. I was like, wow, that's really agreeable. Yeah. It's, it's a great way of describing, um, what our core beliefs are, um, as members of the satanic temple. Um, the, uh, it, 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 it's just, it's a very quick and easy, you know, explanation. And, um, it's so rational and reasonable. Um, I mean, my, you know, I, myself, the first time I read them, I went, yeah, that's more or less how I live my life. That's beautiful that works. Um, and, uh, been around ever since. Hell yeah. Well, um, tell me a little bit, like, like, how does it work? Do you like, let's take a a break from talking about like what, what you all do and everything else. Like, is there regular service? Do you have a church like, like, or a location? I don't mean to say church, but um, there's, there, there's no physical location in TST, Illinois. Um, there are members all over the state. Um, and, uh, we do meet virtually and we meet in person and, um, you know, both of the things have, have, have happened for, for quite a long time. Um, the satanic temple has, uh, a headquarters, uh, in Salem, Massachusetts, uh, which is also an art gallery, um, uh, that's well worth the visit. Um, you can see things like the uh, the Baphomet statue, for example, um, uh, the the uh, the Veterans Monument. Um, there's a library upstairs that focuses pretty heavily on the Satanic Panic. Some of us are pretty scholarly and like to like to read a lot. Um, and so there's a reading room up uh, up on the second floor. You can actually stay there. There's a there's a little bed with an ensuite kitchen and uh, and bathroom, so you can you know people can stay there and rent it out and so on. Um, yeah. And then, you know, there's congregations all over the country and really all over the world at this point. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we meet regularly, like I said, online and in person and, uh, yeah. For, for folks that want to join like myself and get involved, um, where can we find the satanic temple online? Do you have an online presence? Uh, yeah, there's the, uh, for the organization as a whole, it's the satanic temple.com. Um, and there's a, a, a wide, uh, uh, and deep amount of information available on that site in the FAQ. There's a, a reading, reading list of, of, you know, material that, that can help sort of understand modern Satanism, romantic Satanism, classical Satanism, and, um, modern satanic thought, enlightenment era thought, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, Satanism doesn't exist in a vacuum. I like to uh, kind of put that. I have been credibly yelled at for being a little bit too scholarly and 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 yelling about a lot of this kind of stuff. But it's I have a long history with it, and so I like to to share that information. Um, as for uh, local, um, you know, sometimes it's just as easy as um, 
just Googling, you know, the Satanic Temple and then the state that you're in. Um, you know, for the Satanic Temple, Illinois, we do have a Facebook page um, and an email address, which is easy enough, which is just the Satanic Temple, Illinois at gmail.com. Um, and uh, yeah, we we occasionally do things in the public sphere as well. Um, we are currently uh, doing a menstruating with Satan charity drive. Um, and that is where we've partnered with the Pilsen Food Pantry, uh, which is located in Pilsen in Chicago. Um, and uh, quite a number of um, businesses around town, breweries, bookshops, things like that, um, where we have drop boxes where you can drop off uh, menstrual products like sanitary pads um, uh, and uh, panty liners and things like that um, to benefit those who are potentially homeless or in need um, of these goods so that people can menstruate with dignity. Um, I mean, now more than ever, people need to know that their reproductive rights are taken care of. Um, and so we decided to create this initiative and it's running from July 15th until um, August 31st. Um, and uh, there's a full list of places that um, you can drop off these goods at um, uh, on our Facebook page. Perfect. I was going to ask is the best way to like kind of keep up to date with what you all are doing with the Satanic Temple in Illinois, uh, the Facebook page. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, it it gives info on anything that we're doing publicly. Um, I mean, members, you know, it's not always safe to be a Satanist. um, And so some information is is kept just to members, like where we meet and so on. We may do public things at some point, but um, at least for now, we're not. um, Everybody's a little bit spooked. After the um, the arson attack at ha- headquarters in Salem, I was about to ask you because I'm flirting with the idea. I love that. I love Satanism. I love everything that you've discussed so far. Everything that I've found, and then you just said that you said there's a risk at being a Satanist, can, and then you said there's an arson attack. Tell me what what kind of opposition do you do you face out there? Uh, it's a lot of misconceptions um, and and misunderstandings. People, you know, follow. It's they follow the bullshit, right? They think that Satanists are are you know killing babies or draining blood or killing like sacrificing animals and all kinds of you know dumb shit like that. And a lot of it is just people repeating what they've heard completely uncritically. Um, and there's a long history of this. Um, you know the uh, I don't I don't know how old you are, but the Satanic Panic was a um, well, wait, everybody's watching Stranger Things, I would assume like the, you know, Stranger Things is basically taking place during the satanic panic. For those that think that, you know, kids that are playing D&D and listening to heavy metal are being unfairly ostracized in the show. That really happened. Um, and it took place from around 1985 until about 92 or so. And the thing is, it never really went away. People still thought these things, even though. You know, like there was an FBI agent, Ken Lanning, who came out and, and and you know, he did his best to look into all these crimes. I was like, there's no evidence for this. This is all bullshit. There was a book, uh, Satanism in America, by Dr. Sean Carlson and a bunch of other people that um, went through and looked at every single claim. And, you know, Sean Carlson, is a, he's a STEM scientist. He's written multiple books on uh, – the guy is, like, super legit. He went through – and looked at a lot of these claims like, well, they've got a network of baby killings. OK, well, where are the corpses for these babies? What would the logistics be of creating mass graves for, you know, 60,000 babies in Kansas or whatever? And of course, it's all bullshit. And so it's it's easily debunked when you start to think about this stuff. Um, and we there's been a resurgence of it um, during uh, modern era, um, specifically with the QAnon 
crew, which is taking a lot of the exact same claims. And I mean, down to the idea of like tunnels under buildings and, you know, the whole Pizzagate nonsense, a lot of that has been reformed. Now, for me personally, um, this is shit I've always had to deal with because I was raised as I was raised Jewish. And this is the same shit that has been said about Jews going back hundreds and thousands of years. It was the blood libel and the protocols of the, the elders of Zion claiming that we were baking bread with baby blood and that we were in league with the devil and killing killers of Christ and all that nonsense. Um, and so it's just, I mean, everything old is new again. Um, but it's it's an inability to rationalize the outrageous claims that uh, come, come out and these um, individuals that are terrified of this idea of like a literal Satan are then terrified of the idea of Satanist. And so they think all these things that are just simply not true. And, um, you know, the arson attack was this guy who's like a claiming he's like a warrior of God or whatever, who tried to set fire to the place. And there are people inside like people. <laughs> it, it, it boggles the mind. Um, but um, there's that, but there's also like, even beyond all that, you know, it's just, because of all the misconceptions around Satanism and because of all the misconceptions around, um, you know, these kinds of, you know, this rejection of you know, or denying Christ or rejection of religious, uh, uh, traditional religious ideas, um, you know, that's very dangerous. And it's also, it's, 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 it's ostracizing, you know, if you're in a community of, you know, a couple hundred in a small town in, in, in downstate Illinois, and you don't believe in anything like you don't believe in the God that you're being forced to to pray to at the church and you don't and maybe, you know, you don't feel like you fit in at all. That can be incredibly hard on people. Um, and to lose one's support network of family or friends or coworkers or whatever um, is a real it's a real bummer. Um, you know, uh, I would I would again, I, I'm just to reiterate, like I'm mostly speaking for me here, but like the it it's very it's very damaging to oneself to be to feel so othered all the time um and uh so there's a danger in you know being honest about being another sometimes and it it, it that that in and of itself is its own is its own uh danger to this i'm rambling a little bit but i think you understand my point yeah yeah, yeah. i uh it's it's nuts and but it but it makes sense and it's so crazy like you say how how short sighted somebody could be to to claim to be a warrior of God but then you know try to set fire to a building with with people inside of it yeah. so yep it's uh you know so um when I when I was growing up and uh, I grew up in a small school and I was raised religious and a lot of people that I uh, that I went to school with were religious, like I say, small school. And then towards the end of high school, I started to question uh, my understanding of religion and what I believed in. <laughs> and I'll never forget this debate I was in where it was like the the very end of the debate. And I, I just had not been convinced yet that, that I should believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and savior, which is the debate. Um, and somebody said, you know, here's the thing. You don't have to believe in Jesus. You know, that's not what church is always about. Church is about community and church is about 
um, volunteering and, uh, you know, you know, donating and they, the list of things. And I was like, you know, you can do all of those things. This is, was my response. You can do all of those things without believing in magic. And, uh, I, <laughs> that's why I've been so fascinated with the satanic temple. When I found out about the satanic temple to me, they do all those things. They have that sense of community. They ha- they do those things that the churches pat themselves on the back. And th- those are good things. I'm not saying that when churches do those things that like, those are good things. Yes, please continue to do those things. Um, but it's just, yeah, it, it, without, without the magic part of it, I was like, there, there's my group of people there. They are. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there is, there is a, there is a fundamental drive, I think, for many people to find a community of of, of like-minded individuals. Um, you know, I did not approach the Satan, the Satanic Temple, um, or Satanism in general, and expecting to find a group of people that I really enjoyed being around. I'm a bit of a loner, uh, personally, um, no matter what or who I am. But that that is that is. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm I'm a bit more of a loner, and it's been kind of interesting to sort of recontextualize the idea of community and um, that relationship that I have with a with a religious community around this. Um, I, I I have never personally not been me. Uh, you know, I rejected. I, I got expelled from Hebrew school. You know, as a kid, uh, because I was such a questioning little shit, and. Um, you know, I, I fought tooth and nail to not have a bar mitzvah, although I did. Um, and you know, one of my arguments at the time was like any, you know, self-respecting Jew should be insulted that I'm having, that I'm being forced to do this because I don't believe in this. This is lip service. I, 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 you know, I shouldn't be doing this. And here I am at 13 being, you know, yelling about this. Um, but for a lot of people, um, that sense of community, this might be the first time that they've had anybody around that hears I'm gay or, I'm in a polyamorous relationship or I'm, you know, X, Y, or Z. And everybody's like, whatever, cool. Be you. No one cares. Um, and, and if, and if anything, it's like, awesome, you're happy being you. Cool. Do that. That's great. There's not a prescription on behavior. Um, there's not a need to conform, uh, to any, you know, really other standards in a lot of ways. You can just be you. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of Satanists that don't join the Satanic Temple or the Church of Satan or any, you know, any Satanic organization that are very comfortable just being like, eh, I'm just me. And that is such a valid thing um, to just walk your own path and figure out where you want to go. Um, that's the most Satanic thing a person can do, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I love the thing I loved about the story you just shared about you not wanting to have a bar mitzvah is that in that story and in your young age, you demonstrated that you knew you knew what it meant and took to be a a devout Jew, you know, and you were identifying that you were not that. And you were also identifying that any self-respecting Jew would be like, should be offended that I would be doing that. Like, that's such a, uh, I'm not trying to like pat you, pat you on the back or whatever, but that's a, such an expand, expansive or eloquent thought to have at such a young age. Not there's tears, that. there's tears to that, you know? I, I appreciate that. Um, but you know, not everybody is like that. Some people, 
didn't even have that choice. Some people right. were baptized and forced into confirmation and all these other things that have never once been been able to question anything like that. They've never been given the opportunity or they it's never it's never been told to them that they could even question that. Right. Uh, you know, that that and that to me is is the worst because that's the trappings of um, that that, you know, arbitrary authority that I'm so adamant about fighting against. Um, people should be able to do that if they they can. But if they don't even know that they can, you know, that that's real problematic. That's dogma at the end of the day. And you see that with religions all over. And I'm, and I'm not saying that Satanism doesn't, you know, fall into certain trappings here and there um, uh, as well. But like that is like it's such a it's such a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Knowledge just care gift uh, after all, you know, right. That's the lesson of, of, of the garden of Eden. Um, Say that again. Knowledge is the greatest gift. You know, that's the lesson of the guard of, of the garden of uh, the garden of Eden. Right. Like if we look at that from a totally different perspective, you know, this is just some omnipotent being with his gerbils in a cage that's saying you can't do this thing. And you know, the serpent's the hero of the story being like, sure you can. Yeah, that, you'll know. And yeah. that's another thing that I think I, I find fascinating about members of the Satanic Temple. Um, like, you know, most would assume that they like, like just threw away the Bible and they like, you know, hiss at it and whatever. But you're actually pretty studied. I would I'm just gathering from, you know, with a few things you've said about it, you're pretty studied on on the the work <laughs> you know well there's a famous quote the literature <laughs> yeah there's a famous quote out there i don't remember who it's attributed to but the uh the quote is something like the best way to become an atheist is to read the bible well yeah um yeah. you know uh it's, it's important to also remember that like satanism isn't necessarily an opposition of religions uh it's it's you know at least in the satanic temple i find that it's more uh, a pluralistic idea um, in other words, I don't need you to not exist for me to exist. That's that's not the goal. The goal is for both of us to exist. Um, I was just having breakfast this morning with a believer um, at a diner, and uh, I was wearing my TST shirt because you know I was coming on this podcast, and we were having you know through our eggs, we were having a conversation about he's a believer and I'm not, you know, and I'm explaining that I'm a Satanist. He's like, well, I believe in God. I'm like, well, that's awesome. If you want to do that, that's great. And you know. It was there were there were no major epiphanies from this conversation, but it should be, you know, it should be just known that, like, you know, it's not it's not it's an equal opposition. It's not a replacement for yeah. um, a lot of people, you know, misconstrue that. But I mean, even beyond that, of course, we should know the source material. Um, but you know, it's, I mean, that's, that's funny in and of itself because Satan's barely in the Bible <laughs> and, and if he is like, which one, the, it's never actually established that the serpent of the garden is the same serpent anywhere else, except for what in revelations, a thousand years later, cobbled together, like what the fuck ever. Um, but even then, like, you know, again, I was raised Jewish. And so I, you know, primarily the five books of Moses and all the other good stuff. I mean, my, my big one is book of Job, which I have back here. I always thought Job was a was a really interesting allegory because, you know, Satan, you know, again, is just like offering the guy food and water. Just like, you don't have to do this. Like everything's fine. You can just, you can just, you can just not. <laughs> um but uh but yeah, no, we we it, it, it behooves one to understand why the myths are believed in the way that they are. 
in order to properly explain why the arbitrary pushing of them on to us is bullshit. Um, like when somebody says and or promulgates the lie of, well, our laws are based on the Ten Commandments. Obviously, that's not true. But a great a great question or a response to that is just simply ask which ones, because there's four different ones in the Bible. There's four different ones and they're different commandment sets. And so which ones are we talking about? And even then, right there, that is a, you know, typically, you know, the old meme of like the guy asking the question and then the NPC gets all mad faced. Like that's that's it right there. Like what response do they honestly have to that? Because they probably don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I also love just the fact that at least the Ten Commandments I see bounded about a lot. And I don't know which one of the four or whatever that these are, but, um, you know, the like one, the one from yeah, the, yeah. yeah, most of them are just about him being a jealous God and like, you know, you don't worship other gods, you don't mm-hmm. worship other people, you worship me. And then like, yeah, murder's in there. And yeah, I think stealing's in there, but there's like a lot of other things that aren't in there. Yeah, and like technically speaking, if murder's in there, like he murders people. It's like, I don't know. Anyways, we could get into that hole that, you know, there's a lot of logical. And not for me. Rules for thee and not for me, which is you know, definitely a mindset that people follow. Yeah, but see, we just kind of almost, I almost fell, fell back into it. Again, your point was we're not meant to oppose religion you know uh it's what did you say equal opposition or equal equal, equal and opposite yeah duality equal and opposite the symbol, yeah yeah the symbol of the baphomet um which is most associated with satanism and baphomet for those that don't know is that goat-headed figure that sits on the throne with its hand up one and you know the other hands down like that flame coming that's had out of its head usually depicted depicted with both breasts and a phallus it's it's do it's duality it's an equal of opposite as above so below you know fire and water, air and earth and love and hate, sex and death, like all the different, like all the different, um, dualities because Satanism embraces the gray area in between. Yep. Um, and you know, uh, in that spirit and maybe, maybe I'm wrong with coming from it, this angle, but hold on. I wanted to pull up the uh, statue real quick. This is what you're referring to. Correct. Yep. Yep. That's the Baphomet. That's uh, cool. So folks want to see, folks want to see that's generally what you'll what you'll see um and we've got another baphomet statue we'll talk about here in a little bit but let's keep keep on the equal equal um the idea that we're not opposing religion so like one of the things that i like that i've seen the satanic temple do and i don't know if they do this in illinois uh so feel free uh to to comment on this but in other states the local chapters will do for example an after school program because a lot of churches offer after school programs but it's ingrained in whichever religion or sect that they happen to believe in and so here's a, here's a, an option that's the satanic temple option where you get you know, I, I guess you would get introduced to introduced to the seven fundamental tenets and just how to be a chill person. No, not at not all. Not even that. Um, I I can speak to this very credibly because we did have one uh, an after school Satan program go into a school in Moline, Illinois, um, just this past school year, and I was there for it. Um, and um, and actually, uh, this speaks also to the Baphomet that you just showed and um, directly to the commentary about being equal and opposite. That Baphomet was created 
um, to sit next to a Ten Commandments statue on a state capitol lawn. Um, again, we're, we were not asking to remove the Ten Commandments, rather to also display the Baphomet. Um, it's an equal uh, viewpoint um, that happens to be just different. Um, but it's it's nonsense to claim that our laws are created on the Ten Commandments just as much as it's nonsense. You know, uh, the the idea is um, uh, to ensure that um, what is enshrined in our Constitution and the Establishment Clause is a freedom from a single dominant religious viewpoint. And once you invite one onto the public into the public space, whether that be a state capital um, or a school, then you have invited all of them. Uh, with uh, After School Satan, you know, the the CEF, the Children's Evangelical Fellowship, um, which literally preaches to children, want to make that very clear, they literally preach to children, um, has put the Good News Club into schools all over um, the country where they're teaching these kids that, you know, Jesus is Lord. And if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to burn in hell. And all of your friends that don't believe in Jesus are going to burn in hell. And you need to tell them this so that no one burns in hell. Um, and it's just gross escal uh, eschatological bullshit. Um, and uh, they unfortunately uh, won in, I believe, Milford, Connecticut in 2001. Uh, somebody needs to fact check me on that. I'm, I'm usually pretty good at these, but I can't remember that if that was the actual uh, township. Anyway, the, the Supreme Court ruled that um, you couldn't categorically deny religious groups from operating within the school. Um, but that, of course, opens the door to an equal and opposite program, whether that be from, you know, your local synagogue offering an after-school uh, program to your local mosque offering an after-school program to the Satanic Temple offering an after-school program. And the after-school Satan Club was created as a direct reaction to that. Um, but the curriculum is not Satanism-based at all. Um, there's no talking about Satanism. There's no talking about the tenets. There's no talking about any of that. It's a science-based curriculum that's based, uh, that is, that is built to engage a kid's mind and think about things, um, like logic, reason, and free thought. Um, and so for example, the one that I attended, um, in Moline, uh, was structural, structural integrity, uh, where we had, um, marshmallows and toothpicks and built little structures with the marshmallows and toothpicks and then shook the table um, to see which ones would fall down and why. And so obviously we know that like a base of four will hold together better than like one, which will just fall down immediately. It's, it's just simple thought exercises like that. And then we played Uno and colored um, real scary shit. Let me tell you. Um, but that, you know, that's the after-school Satan club. And there's, there's other bits of the curriculum, like, um, teaching like echolocation, uh, with bats, you know, the, um, the, the high pitch frequencies that they can send out and bounce back. And this is how they hear and find bugs when they're flying around and so on. Uh, but that, that's the point that, that is, uh, ASSC, uh, the after-school Satan club, um, in a nutshell. And like I said, we did have one in, in, in Illinois and we have seen, uh, we as in Illinois, we have seen other requests for it, but um, they're requesting us to go into schools where there aren't good news clubs. And we're not interested in that. Um, we we don't feel that there's a place for us in a school that doesn't already have um, the good news club active. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. I was about to ask uh, why only in Moline, you know, so. That's the school that had it. I mean, there. I'm sure there are other schools. In fact, I know for a fact that there are other schools uh, and school districts in Illinois that have good news clubs. Um, but 
you know, we are typically invited by members um, or concerned parents that would like to see one happen. So, you know, if you know one, feel free to reach out because um, there's always an option. But, you know, we're not we don't just go into a school. That's not how it works. Um, you know, we, we are specifically there to offer an alternate viewpoint for kids after school um, if there is a good news club that they are more or less being shuttled into. Yeah. So um, unless you got anything else on that subject, uh, I think we'll talk about another subject where it's like you provide another option. Sure. You're driving. So go cool. for it. Um, cool. I always just make sure just in case I'm uh, moving too quickly. So uh, I, you just told me about this before we got on the show. So I just Googled this and just found a picture. So I don't, I don't know about this article, Oh yeah. Um, but you mentioned, <laughs> and I honestly, I love this that like, I laugh and I hope that I'm laughing because it's like honestly a cute, but it's just, it is kind of funny like to see like a little baby Baphomet. Like, so, um, so for folks that are listening, um, can you describe what we're seeing real quick? And then let's just talk about this in general. Sure. That's, uh, the artist Chris Andres's um, idea of what a swaddled babe Baphomet would look like. Um, and, um, that was installed into the Illinois State Capitol Rotunda um, this past holiday season. Um, so if we're if you're in the if we're in the future and you're in your flying car listening to this, uh, that would have been the uh, 2021 holiday season. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was uh, that was on display for the month of November and December. Um, in the Illinois State Capitol in Springfield, um, opposite a nativity that was put there by the archdiocese. There was a very large Christmas tree. Um, the freedom from religion foundation had a large plaque up. Um, uh, and, uh, I don't, I don't remember if the, I'd have to look at my pictures. There might've been a menorah there this year or not. I, I, I don't, I don't recall. Um, but, um, yeah, I, were you going to ask a question about, about this one or, uh, I just wanted I to actually ramble. So I figured I'd just stop. Myself. No, no, you're, you're okay. <laughs> I was going to, I guess I was just, thank you for yeah describing what we saw and, and what, yeah. where it was and everything. I was using that as another example of, of you giving like equal oh, I see. opportunity. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and that is exactly what happened. Um, we, and the, the interesting thing is we are not, this was not the first year we've done this. We had a different statue, uh, which we were, uh, calling knowledge is the greatest gift. And like by shorthand calling it the snake activity, which was, um, a statue, a really lovely art piece of, um, uh, a female presenting individuals arm with their hand up with an apple in the middle of it and a snake wrapped around the arm, um, on a box that just said knowledge is the greatest gift with the, the sigil of the satanic temple, Chicago, uh, which is we were the Satanic Temple Chicago uh, before um, uh, deciding to change to the Satanic Temple Illinois and be more inclusive of the rest of the state. Um, and uh, so we'd had that statue in for for two prior years. Yeah, there you go. There it is. Um, and um, and so this past year in 2021, we actually originally, uh, you know, I, I we had gone through some changes and, you know, the pandemic was real weird and for a lot of people. And so we weren't initially i hadn't filed anything to install anything into the state capitol um and then there was an article by um uh, bishop paprocki the 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 you know the bishop from the archdiocese um who then came who basically went in the press and <laughs> was like satanists have no place within the state capitol and of course i was like well fuck that yes we do i'm down there all the time 
I absolutely have a right to be in that state capital. And more to the point, if your nativity is there, so is my statue. And so we went ahead and installed it. And it it was a huge deal. People were real mad about it, which boggles my mind, not only because we we were there for several several years prior, but like there was a Festivus poll that went in a few years ago. Um, and no one complained. I don't I don't remember seeing a single complaint from Bishop Paparaki about the Festivus poll, not one. But anyway, so we installed it um, and we actually invited the bishop to come down in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a request of plurality to come down and be a part of this installation. Um, he declined. Um, however, a whole bunch of um, Catholics from around the country came out and uh, protested and um, sang hymns and so on while we installed it. Um, the only real difference between the groups, arguably, is that um, we had an appointment. Um, and uh, so that was sort of a little odd. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, well, we showed up at like two o'clock to install the, the the statue and like they had to lock down the Capitol for a few minutes because there were not lock it down, but they were like stopping people from coming in because basically these protesters showed up on masks to sing and like we weren't really sure what was going to happen, but we uh, like, were they going to try to stop us from putting it in? And the answer was no, of course not. Um, because that's how plurality works. And so we went and installed it and I waited very patiently for them to finish their singing um, to deliver the invocation of putting it in. Um, but um, they wouldn't stop. So I just had to yell over it. There's some great footage of it. If you look on um, Twitter, the guy, if you, if you look on Twitter, there's a guy, I can't remember the, the, the reporter's name, but it was a gentleman from the state journal register um, that filmed it. And it was, it was quite nice, honestly. Um, you know, we just put it, put it in there and that was it. Gotcha. Plurality in action, just like the constitution says, it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, um, are there any other examples of uh, plurality in action? Um, you know that you can that you can think of. Yeah, I mean we we um I mean across the country, uh, TST has done things like beach cleanups in Santa Cruz, where they've you know adopted a um, a portion of the beach to to maintain. Adopt a highway is a really big um, uh, where you know it's it's beautification and maintenance. Um, uh, there was, uh, you know, invocations before city council meetings are always uh, an interesting one. Uh, most municipalities have some sort of prayer invocation before their city council meeting. And by and large, it ends up being the um, uh, the dominant viewpoint or, you know, whoever decided, you know, uh, it, 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 it's usually the dominant viewpoint, which is, again, not in con not in concordance with um, the Constitution. Um, and so um, we have requested uh, various Satanists have requested over time to give invocations before city council meetings. Some have gone forward. Um, uh, uh, Florida, I think, uh, was one. Alaska was another one. Um, some have been denied, uh, like in Scottsdale, um, Arizona, where uh, that ended up becoming a lawsuit. Um, and uh, ultimately, um, it was it was a real bummer of a failure on the lawsuit. Um, and I could I'm not a lawyer uh, and I'm not going to bloviate too hard about this one, but it, it was a real it was a real shitty loss um, because it was on. I, I think it was a hemorrhage of justice for a lot of reasons. I mean, a lot of the rules for what was supposed to be established were changed during the course of the trial. And it was just it was it was just not great. Um, but there is a minor win to that. 
um, for this one, which was that um, in the circuit court, they did uphold, uphold um, the supposition that we have deeply held beliefs and are a religion. Um, and so we passed that test. So it's like if we ever have another lawsuit for any of these things, no one can just say, well, you're not a religion. Well, we are not only are we codified here, but we're codified in this you know, circuit court opinion as well. So little victories. Laws don't change overnight. The world doesn't change overnight. People tend to forget that in a, in a society that's about instant gratification and Amazon Prime delivery next day. But, um, you know, fights take a long time. So. so to be clear, what you're talking about was like, it, it, were you looking for equal representation? Like they do a prayer at the beginning of a meeting. You wanted to say a short piece before. That's correct. That's exactly correct. Yeah. And well, that so it seems reasonable. It is a hundred percent reasonable. Um, and it doesn't, and the funny thing that, that, that what I don't think a lot of these municipalities seem to understand is that if they just let it happen and don't fight it, it's not a media event. It, it's not a press event. It's not like no one's, you know, it, it, it it's just, it's just an exercise of rights. Um, you know, if the city council meeting is mostly doing bishops, uh, or, you know, Catholics or whatever pastors of some sort of Christian variety and then allows a rabbi to do it too. Well, great. That's like great. But, you know, it's kind of the same thing. A Satanist doing is, is literally the exact same thing. Can I, can I ask you what, you know, cause I, again, I was raised religious. So if you asked me to do a prayer right now as a agnostic slash atheist slash flirting with the idea of being a Satanist, um, I could come up with a fucking prayer off the top of my head. I, you know, I could do it right now. Lord, thank you for this food that you've bestowed. You know, I could just do it and I could throw in a few other bullshit lines and make it sound. We, we, we've all done it, but like, I'm just trying to picture what would a Satanists like, what would, what would your forward be or what would, what would be mentioned possibly? Uh, And I know I'm putting you on the spot, so I apologize. It's fine. It's, uh, it's a fairly standard invocation that's been utilized, um, several times and it's, and it just go, I, I can read it to you if you want. Um, it's let us stand now unbowed and unfettered by arcane doctrines born of fearful minds in darkened times. Let us embrace the Lucian Luciferian impulse to eat of the tree of knowledge and dis and dissipate our blissful and comforting delusions of old. Let us demand that individuals be judged for their concrete actions, not their fealty or arbitrary social norms and illusory categorizations. Let us reason our solutions with agnosticism in all things, holding fast only to that which is demonstrably true. Let us stand firm against any and all arbitrary authority that threatens the personal sovereignty of one or all. That which will not bend must break, and that which can be destroyed by truth should never be spared its demise. It is done. Hail Satan. That's the invocation. Gotcha. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I'm going to start saying that at my family dinners. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, they'll be like, "Where, where is he going with this one?" And then when I end it, "Hail Satan!" They'll be like, yeah. "Whoa, that just happened." Um, so, can I? Um, sorry, were you about to say something? No, not at all. I was giggling. Okay. Um, uh, do you, any other examples before uh, before my my next question um, of of kind of plurality or where you're kind of offering um another example i'm honestly just curious because i love that you that they 
that the satanic temple does this so oh well that's kind of where the satanic representation campaign comes into play um uh, which i mentioned at the top of the hour i was i'm co-director of um you know the campaign is specifically to ensure that satanists have equal access to uh, the public sphere for things like that to to um, to affirm our religious beliefs um, if needed. Um, you know, there there's a, a a plethora of ways that can that can happen. Um, I, I I'm trying to think of. I mean, there's really nothing particularly active. I mean, I guess the big one that um, the the hot ticket item right now um, that I'm seeing a lot of emails about um would be uh prayers in in on the 50 yard line of schools which you know the kennedy case was just de de um, decided um with the uh, uh you know in the supreme court in this past session and uh, the background on this is that there was a coach who was um compelling uh players to uh pray with him at the 50 yard line um during or after games i don't remember the exact detail of which one but um, he was denied the ability to do so going forward and um, fucking gallingly claimed to have been fired for this and then sued. Um, he was never fired. That The fact that that was ignored by the court is one of the most egregious upheavals of justice in a long fucking time. And I'm real mad about it. But um, he was never fired. He chose not to come back to the school afterwards. But nevertheless, he sued um, and they kind of created this new narrative um, that, you know, he was, you know, this was religious discrimination and so on. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and, and it, he fucking won, uh, the SCOTUS, uh, said that, um, it was totally fine. And so I've seen an uptick in people, uh, requesting to have prayers done at the 50 yard line of schools. Uh, this is a tough one because one, we don't proselytize, uh, especially to children, um, you know, we, you know, part of the reason why after school Satan doesn't just go to schools is because we do not proselytize. It's just like, that's just not what we do. We are in opposition of good news club and that's it. Um, but two, we don't really have satanic prayers. I mean, an invocation like, like that one, you know, is a very specific thing, but I guess that would work, but I don't see what the relevance of that would be on a, on a football field. And, um, you know, also like, you know, we're just not like I, I as a Satanist would never just go to a football field and be like, hey, I'd like to offer a prayer. Like, that's just one. I've more of an AV club kid, but like two, like, I'm just not going to do that. That just seems so the the parameters by which that would happen, I think, would be very specific where like if there was a faculty member who invited us or invited a satanic minister, a local minister to come in, um because we do have ordained ministers in the satanic temple. Um, but if, if, if they were to invite a minister to do it, maybe, I, you know, I don't know that, that, that is another one of those things where it's just like um, complicated, but that, that is, that's, I guess the hottest ticket item right now, if the people are talking about. You said you have ordained ministers, like is in ordained by the satanic temple. That's correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, you don't have, you don't have what sorry you were saying you're ordained i'm saying i'm i'm an ordained minister within the satanic temple um and so the, gotcha. the satanic temple um has a has a ministry um that um and and there are ministers there are like i'm not the only one obviously there there's quite a few right. ministers yeah yeah i was just going to make the joke like so you're saying that <laughs> there are ordained ministers in the satanic temple is in like 
ministers from churches were coming, but I was just, it was, oh. it was a reach. It was a reach for a <laughs> joke. So, um, so, Hey, you, you kind of just brought up in multiple different ways and it sounds like you're, you're pretty well versed in doing this. Um, you know, I'm on it. I'm honestly asking like, how, how are you able to justify the satanic temple as a religion? Oh, uh, well, from a textbook definition of religion, you know, religions are um, a group of uh, they focus on a group of individuals with deeply held beliefs, core values um, with community and, um, you know, I, again, iconography, art, ritual, etc. Some of these religions, some religions have some level of supernatural or uh, theistic uh, qualities to them, but not all of them do. Um, and, um, one of, one of the biggest things that I see levied against the satanic temple, honestly, one of the biggest criticisms is people claiming that we are quote, not a religion, which is nonsense. We absolutely are. And it's only the absence of theism or supernaturalism that seems to trip people out. Um, I would argue that that is a hangover of Abrahamic thought. Um, the idea that the yardstick of measuring religion is coming from, you know, an Abrahamic background of, you know, Judaism, uh, Islam or Christianity, um, where it's, where it's basically saying, well, it has to be theistic in some way, uh, monotheistic specifically it's nonsense. Um, and there are plenty of other religious scholars that, are, that, that, um, that agree with this. Um, and even in the general, you know, population that think about these things, I don't know, I don't really know anybody that doesn't think of Buddhism as a religion, even though Buddhism is, uh, patently non-theistic um, in a lot of ways. And, you know, there are various levels of Buddhism or various flavors of Buddhism, some of which are more um, uh, in tune with the idea of like a reincarnation, where some are a little bit more humanist and therefore uh, eschew the supernatural elements. Taoism is another one that's like that. Um, secular Judaism and Reformed Judaism, uh, more or less, same idea. They're the, the, you know, the stories in the Bible are allegories. God may or may not exist. Um, it's sort of irrelevant. It's more of a cultural kind of thing. Um, and this is not just me saying this. This is this is how religious scholars uh, see this. Sorry, I should turn my notifications off. I thought I'd already done that. Um, but um, there's that aspect of it. But then also, you know, if we want to look at um, from the United uh, United States specifically, um, you know, we passed all our, 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 our bars to obtain the 501c3 church status, um, because of all of these things, because there's really no disagreement within the, the scholarly religious community of what defines a religion. Um, everything that the satanic temple does, uh, in thought and action and belief qualifies. And so it's there, this Supreme or not Supreme court, but the, the, uh, whatever the circuit court affirmation of that, um, is proof positive of that, um, uh, and, you know, there's a um, there's a there's a great book that I recommend to people, um, anybody that's interested in the sat sat uh, satanic temple um, called Speak of the Devil by uh, Joseph Laycock. Um, right here. Um, and it is uh, he's a professor of religious studies at, um, I believe, the University of Texas. And so it's a very scholarly look at um or uh, the the history of the Satanic Temple up through about 2018, and it should be noted that there's been some structural structural and organizational changes since the book has been published. But um, 
it comes at it from the angle of a religious uh, professor looking at a new religious mo- movement um, rather than anything else. Um, and, uh, and, and so I hope that answers the question. It might be, might be a little bit long winded, but, um, you know, I, I, I think that satisfies the, the, the question, I think. Oh, it absolutely does. Man, I, uh, uh, I just thank you for breaking it down that way because what you, what you made me realize is that I was looking through that lens. You yeah. said, you know, typically or people that ask that question and really don't understand that, which that's why I was asking it, um, view religion through a theistic lens. Like I view religion as you have to believe in, and I'm being harsh with my words purposefully a little bit. You have to believe in magic. I say that, but you said it better, uh, supernatural or, um, yeah, I think supernatural is the word you used. Um, so I'm using magic. I'm purposefully being a little brash, um, but really what I mean is supernatural or things that defy logic, reason, or science, you know, the laws, <laughs> the scientific laws, uh, the understanding that we have of the world. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, thank you for breaking them down. That definitely satisfied uh, the question for me because because I wondered, and, and I viewed actually the, the satanic tipple as kind of what you were corrected me on earlier, which is that you aren't the opposition. Yeah. You know, you're, you're demonstrating plurality. Can I ask, you mentioned an organization earlier. I'm not expecting you to be able to speak on them or to know much about whatever, but you mentioned them earlier. So you have some awareness. Mm-hmm. It was something like the freedom from religion co- yeah, coalition or something. From, yeah. Freedom from religion foundation. Yeah. Yeah. And so would they, would the difference between them is that they don't, they, you know, they are not a religion. They are a foundation. Um, but do they, do you know at all what they do? Are they similar to, to like kind of offering plur, like plurality and are they really trying to push like no religion at all? Like they are, they, they are pushing for no, they are, they are pushing for no religion at all in the public space. Um, they even find, you, even say, even satanic temple, um, from, I, I don't want to speak to their mission. I don't. Sure. I, sure. Fair enough. That's Fair enough. Place to do. Um, I have, I have a great love and respect for the FRFF, honestly. Um, I'm a huge fan. Um, I've got books by Andrew up on the uh, Andrew Seidel, who I mentioned, or I don't think I mentioned Andrew Seidel in the, this, but no. uh, he's, a, he's their former legal counsel. Um, he wrote uh, one of the uh, a really beautiful book called The Founding Myth that really explores, um, uh, or maybe I did mention it earlier, but um, it explores uh, the myths surrounding, um, you know, the the claim that America is a Christian nation when it absolutely yes. patently is not. Um, and he has a new book coming out actually. Um, uh, uh, this is not a sponsored comment, but I did pre-order. He's got a new book coming out that um, kind of explores Christian nationalism and, and its role in um, uh, the January 6th inter- insurrection and all that. Um, but um, FRFF um, has uh, pushed for years um, to not push for plurality necessarily, but um, they have in some ways done that. Um, you know, the the plaque that I mentioned in the Illinois State Capitol Rotunda, I have a picture of it around here somewhere. It's probably on my phone. But um, it basically just says that, you know, um, by inviting one religious uh, viewpoint into this space, you are inviting multiple religious viewpoints as the viewpoint of no religions in the space. And so that's what the plaque is. Um, and they've they've done other things over the years, like they um, pushed against um, parsonage in Illinois, which parsonage is, um, you know, if you're a pastor, um, you know, you can 
usually write off a pastor or minister. You can usually like write off um, your property tax um, uh, if you're living within a certain. Yeah, I, I don't know all the laws about it, but like um, I was actually going to ask about this exact subject, so I'm glad oh, you brought I, it up. Yeah, I, that's uh, I'm, I'm glad you will. I have a lot to say about it, but um, but uh, you know they've they've definitely pushed against that kind of stuff and and so on. But uh, the larger the larger question is how similar are they to us? It's very different because you know again, well, one, they're not Satanists, and yeah, uh, I'm a Satanist. But two, um, I, I guess I want to reframe the lens a little bit. Um, sure. You know the satanic temple is a religious organization that um will occasionally engage in public sphere for lack of a better term activism but that comes from the deeply held beliefs and and not any other way around it's not a, you know the satanic temple is not an activist organization it is a religion and some of the uh pushing for ensuring rights come from those religious beliefs um, and and that, that's a very important distinction between the two um, organizations, because, you know, it, it, it's to paint TST as an activist organization, I think, is to throw is to completely ignore um, a really rich and beautiful history of Satanism going back, you know, to the 1700s with Enlightenment era thinking um, and um you know, there's a romantic idea around uh, the romantic Satanism idea around the French Revolution times and so on. There's a lineage, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, is that um, Satanism is more than just, um, you know, in uh, a holiday display, you know. Um, yeah. So it's just, it just, they're just two, we're very, very different um, organizations, very, very opposite in that way. Um, yeah. Although even though some of the, some of the uh, public facing, I guess, um, action looks similar so yeah so um can i you you already alluded to why satan is used as the symbol or mascot mm -hmm. um uh it, it i want to make sure i'm correct in my understanding it's the idea that you lean into enlightenment and everything else right like can you can you let's return to that topic just for a moment before we oh. get to parsonage yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Satan, Satan is a perfect metaphor for again for that rejection of of arbitrary authority, and I and I sort of alluded to this with that idea of the, um, you know, the Garden of Eden um, thing again. You know, if we look at this from the lens of, you know, uh, snap back and look at it, it's this weird creator god who's real fucking mad and has created like a little little terrarium for his gerbils um, and is making them pray to him all the time. Um, and do exactly as he asks all the time. And then also tempting them for no reason. Cause, <laughs> uh, with this, with this tree of knowledge, um, that it, 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 it's, it's, it's forced servitude at the end of the day. Um, what sort of cruel God does that, um, embracing calling the serpent, the hero of the story is a rejection of that level of, um, arrogance and tyranny. Um, you know, uh, the story of Job again, you know, he's torturing Job in the desert for being a great dude, ostensibly. Um, why the fuck would you do that? Like what, what sort of just God will do this? Um, you know, the old ontological argument about like, why do bad things happen to good people? You know, like, well, either he's aware of it and unwilling to do anything about it, or he's aware of it and purposefully doing it. 
um, or he's unaware of it and therefore not uh, and unable to do anything about it, uh, therefore means that he's not all powerful. You know, there's a level of culpability uh, to where, you know, if God actually exists, I'm not fucking interested. I'd rather serve in hell than to reign in heaven or, you know, reign in hell than to, than to serve in heaven kind of thing. The old um, uh, line from. Um, oh, my God, it fell out of my head. I'm a terrible Satanist. Um, no. Nope. <laughs> anyway, you know, that that sort of that sort of rejection, I think, is, is, is really important. But, you know, there's another thing when it comes to Satanism, which is uh, the concept of um, attribution. Uh, versus identification, you know, uh, prior to really prior to Anton LaVey, um, uh, you know, the affair of poisons, notwithstanding, um, for anyone that's a deep cut scholar, um, you know, prior to LaVey, um, in the, the late fifties, no one really said, I'm a Satanist. Satanism was something that was attributed to you by someone else. And more often than not, it was a way of stripping you of your, of your humanity and, giving people the license and ability to hurt, maim, rape, and kill you. Um, you know, you think about the Salem witch trials, you think about the crusades, you think about, um, all of the, all the scientists, uh, uh, like Galileo and, and everyone else who was imprisoned for deciding to go against a heliocentric model, model of the world. And instead of suggesting that maybe we're not the center of the universe, I mean, these people were, were were called heretics and in league with the devil for it. It's a way of stripping away somebody's humanity. And so to declaratively and defiantly say, I identify with Satan is massively important um, for, for some individuals. Um, for someone who was baptized or raised in a religion where they were given no choice into what they were, uh, what, what they did with their lives to embrace this and say, fuck that, I'm going to be who I'm going to be is massively important. Um, and, you know, some of us are spooky weirdos that love, you know, bones and weird occult shit and like, cool. That's a, that's a depiction of Satanism too. Um, but it's, 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 it's really, it's representative of, of anybody willing to go against the status quo and, and, and defiantly say, I will exist the way that I exist without regard for how you feel about it. Um, and you can be whoever you want, but I'm absolutely going to be who I am. Hail fucking Satan. Uh, that's, uh, that, that's kind of, that's why, um, I get that question a lot, honestly, like why Satan? Um, that's one of the biggest questions that we get. Why Satan? Um, because it, you know, no one else really, no one else really embodies that spirit. Um, there's no other, mythological figure that kind of embrace that, that really does it in the, that really does it in the same way. Um, you know, there's pan, there's, you know, and Bacchanalia and all those things and, uh, Dionysus and so on. But, you know, Satan, Satan's the one, uh, that sort of codifies a lot of these ideas directly into a single thing. And that's not even us. That's Milton and Blake and Shelley and, um, Yeah. I hope that answers the question. Like I said, long-winded, but it's a it's something I'm, I'm actually fairly passionate about. Because, like, you know what? I'll finish with one more thing, <laughs> and another thing. Um, <laughs> the uh, the idea that like I, I have I have been we have gotten a message to the Satanic Temple Illinois Facebook page um, that I keep around just because it makes me laugh every time. Where someone emailed saying, you know, hey, I'm a you know I'm a huge fan of the Satanic Temple, but I work in marketing and I feel like 
you'd be you, you guys would win more flies with honey if you didn't use the satanic imagery because satan is such a polarizing figure and it just boggled my mind um you know like yeah that's why i'm a satanist because i identify with satan i'm not i don't give a shit about the marketing behind that um uh, you know, also, like I said, I was raised Jewish. No one ever told me I'd win more flies with honey by being less Jewy. Like it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me that someone would say that, you know, like I don't like if I were interested in, you know, egalitarian humanistic rights and um, ensuring plurality of, you know, things in, in active spaces, I'd join the secular humanist, humanist, or I'd join the freedom from religion foundation, but I didn't cause I'm a Satanist. I identify with Satan and qed yeah 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 no thank you for being uh, uh no need to apologize uh that's <laughs> why i brought you on and i want to give you this space and i'd love to have you on again in the future where i'm having a lot of fun speaking yeah. with you and i'm learning a lot and i think i'd like to think that my my um listeners are too so um i just wanted to i don't know what brought it up but it i think we can both have a quick laugh before we get back to the topic of parsonage which it sounds like you got stuff to talk on and then we can start to wrap up um get some lunch so um uh i think it's just funny i don't know what you said that brought up this idea but this cartoon idea of uh, Satan and Jesus that a lot of people had myself as a, a former believer have where it's like, there's God, right? I said, Jesus, I think, but there's God, which colloquially is also known as Jesus, but in, <laughs> there's God. <laughs> and then, um, you know, there's Satan and, and he's like, he also exists, but he's like out there doing bad stuff and he can like, tempt you and he's got like equal power to god and it, it's it's just kind of funny like when you think about it that way like it really seems like a cartoon yep. you know um it's something ridiculous. straight out of looney tunes <laughs> ridiculous and the other thing that people seem to forget is that like if uh, let's just say for the sake of our sake of argument that god exists and created everything god created satan right that's, that's what i was trying to that's why i yeah, yeah. all of this is his doing it's his choice. No one else's in that aspect. And so it, it's just ridiculous to to sort of pastiche this onto the scapegoat. I mean, Jesus is the ultimate scapegoat story, literally just taking, you know, uh, slaughtering the lamb for everybody else's sins or whatever, even though he didn't actually die and was totally fine and just came back three days later because he just gave up his weekend for you. Um, but you know, the, the, the whole supposition falls apart when you actually look at these things critically, I guess that's, uh, that's the point. Yeah. One thing for me, and, and, uh, it was in, uh, philosophy, some philosophy class that I took, I can't think of what, it, what the title was, but, um, somebody asked the question, are things like, are things predetermined and are they happen according, happening according to plan? Or is it like Bill O'Reilly, like, fuck it, we'll do it live. Like, is everything happening live right now? And I think that's a very interesting question. I always pose it to people that that believe in any any sort of religion mm -hmm. is are things happening now? And like you can call God and he's like on the line and it's all happening. He's like, I'm dealing with a lot of shit right now. Or if he's, you know, or if it's all predetermined. It's interesting because either way you go, there's a lot of questions that come up. If it's predetermined, then like, what the fuck is his problem? Why is it? Why are, why are the things that are happening going on? 
I know a lot of times their answer is God works in mysterious ways. Um, but uh, anyways, I'm kind of going on a tangent now. No, it's, it's, um, it's fine. And it's a, it's a, it's a philosophical trapping to say that God works in mysterious ways and just let, to let go and let God. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Just really mysterious. <laughs> it's a way of not having to think about it. It's a not, it's a way of not having to deal with it. I mean, you know, in a way, non-belief is a little scary because then it's just us and there's nothing after death and we don't even understand what consciousness is at this point um you know and the things that we do the way that we hurt each other um you know the way that we hurt animals the way that we do all these things that's just us it's intellectually lazy to be like well that's god you know and god has a plan no, <laughs> no, these are these are conscious choices that humans make. And, and you know, th that is harder to deal with in some ways. It's easier to deal with when because then we can look at this from a scientific, you know, background and say, OK, well, we can't even really define reality. You know, what is sentience? What what sentience does everything have? What is measurable and tangible and qualitative and quantitative when it comes to life and experience and so on? Um, and what does that say to the cat, the stray cat down the street or the cat that I have here in the house or, you know, any of these other things like and when you begin to relate to things in that way, you ascribe I don't want to say humanity because I don't want to anthropomorphize any animal, but you ascribe a sense of responsibility, um, a shared sense of space on this weird floating rock that we all live on. And I think that that is a beautiful thing, but it's a lot fucking harder um, because you don't have the luxury of just saying, meh, God will figure it out. Or like all this pain is nonsense. And, you know, there are other religions that say that, you know, death is not real and that we, you know, we all experience, we're all, you know, uh, a subjective consciousness experiencing, you know, ourselves multiple times through the ages, or, you know, I don't know, put a tool video in the back behind me, but like, um, you know, there are, there are other ways of, of approaching these kinds of, um, thoughts and ideas and so on. And, you know, Satanism agree, embraces the gray area and says, I don't necessarily need to know all the all of these things all the time, although I strive to. Uh, what I do know is that a lot of the suffering around doesn't need to be there if we just choose not to do it anymore. Hell yeah. Well, hey, I want to uh, talk about one more topic really quick and we'll start to wrap up parsonage. Sure. Um, is So what what is I was going to ask? Go ahead. Uh Parsonage is basically just the the ability to for a minister or rabbi or imam or whatever to that that is a leader of a congregation in a municipality and of course the laws change state by state, um, you know county by county et cetera et cetera, um, you know allowing uh, some sort of uh, tax relief or tax burden relief from either property taxes or uh, potentially write offs on mortgages or rent or whatever, um, if one is uh, ministering to their flock. Um, this is something that I am personally looking into um, because, once again, if if a priest can do it and a minister can do it, well, I'm a minister and I have, I, you know, I'm the head of the congregation in, in Illinois, um, those that should be available to me, too. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's 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 very uh, nascent in, 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 in where I'm at with it. Um, I have a lot of other things. I do a lot of things. And so I don't have the, the, the time to devote to this all the time, but it is something that, 
that I'm considering uh, looking into. Um, because that would have implications, I think, for for ministers all over the country, not just and really not just satanic ministers, any minister. There might be ministers of small, you know, uh, Unitarian congregations that um, are not able to take advantage of this. There there might be uh, rabbis uh, or imams that might not be able to take advantage of this because um, at the moment it's, again, a dominant religious viewpoint that um, seems to be doing a lot of this. And so. I'm particularly interested in this subject. Me too. Uh, that's what, yeah. So I, I sounds like you're working on it still. I was going to ask, yeah, if it's doable. Um, Lucian Greaves, the co-founder of the satanic temple, um, recently said, uh, the law is clearly on our side most of the time, but that doesn't mean the courts are. And so who knows? Um, I don't I, I don't have I can't predict the future. Um, you know what I the and and I'm not a lawyer. And, you know, as far and none of this has been tested in, in the courts as far as I'm aware. Um, so who knows? It's entirely possible that I could apply and someone would be like, yep. And that would be that which would be ideal because that's how, you know, a pluralistic society should work. It's entirely possible they'd fight me. Who knows? You know, um, but it's an interesting thought experiment. Um, so are you gonna, are you gonna apply? Oh, I have no idea. Like I said, I'm, this is, this was just something that I've looked at. I've considered. Um, so who knows? I do not know. Should keep me posted on that. I'm really interested in that. Okay. Um, cool. we'll, we'll keep in touch of course, but, um, we talked very dinner. little about marijuana, <laughs> which, which I find surprising given the, uh, General. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Hey, you know, look, we people um, we did start out this podcast and have a huge focus, uh, you know, on marijuana cannabis yeah. because Illinois had just legalized it. Mm -hmm. um, but really, I started this show um, originally to talk about civil liberties. And um, so cannabis, you know, since it had just been legalized, that was definitely a huge topic. And that is a a huge topic that we're still trying to take on, but I truly believe we're going to win that battle. So where do we go next? And so I've been talking to legal sex workers. You mentioned legal sex work earlier. Um, we've been talking to licensed sex workers from the state of Nevada to talk about working conditions and how can, how can things be better there? Um, and yeah, yeah. You know, here, here again with the satanic temple, it's just another example of me trying to figure out like, another way that the, you know, you can go with that. So, I see. so yeah, and that, understanding that my bad. No, 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 no apology needed. Um, you know, it, if you could tell the reason I couldn't hold myself back, I think on your third or fourth tenant, when it was, uh, you had mentioned a bunch of different things. And I was like, before you move on, can I ask really quick, does yeah. <laughs> do, do drugs fall into that category? Cause I definitely sure was concerned or not concerned. I was curious, mm -hmm how the satanic temple would, cause I had, again, I alluded to it earlier. I had a conversation with a religious freedoms lawyer who I'd love to connect you with because, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if, if there's conversation there, but she, she was uh, interested in learning more. Um, uh, anyways, uh, we were talking about, uh, the satanic temple and it was just when I just started to learn about it. Yeah. And, um, I, we were specifically talking about, um, the fact that churches can use sacraments. And in fact, most churches don't even have to provide a reason 
for a sacrament if, it, if the sacrament's alcohol, like they don't have to provide a reason. But right. some churches have had to provide a reason. And I think a good example of one peyote, like, yeah, I was going to say peyoteism is a good example where they've said it's justified, but like who makes that determination and, and all these things. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that's, that is <laughs> such a key and important point. Um, you know, and, uh, the, you know, I have a lot, I have a lot to say on this issue, honestly, but, um, yeah, but that, that determination of, of deeply held beliefs that, that enshrined, um, that religious practice, I think is fantastic. Um, and, uh, what I, what I really hate is a bunch of, uh, I'm, 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 again, I'm speaking only as me. I really hate it when I see a bunch of white people trying to get like, go in and do a bunch of peyote under those auspices. I'm like, you know, don't be a cultural tourist with your drugs. Um, sure. in my opinion, but also, um, you know, I have, I've have seen people try to link that to the bodily autonomy, um, uh, tenant, but at the end of the day, like, like I said, and I was very clear in my language earlier, you know, the satanic temple does not require anyone to do any of that. And so it's not a one-to-one um, in those types of cases. Like in 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 that aspect, you know, peyote is a part of that religious aspect. Peyote is not a part of, you know, Satanism. Satanism is, is individualized and, um, you know, reverential of the self at the end of the day. It has nothing to do with you know, we, we don't like Satanists don't require, aren't required to wear their hair in any specific way or uh, take any specific drugs or say any particular prayers, or anything like that. So it becomes yeah. a little bit different. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. No, 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 no apology needed. I, I was hoping that uh, you can probably see where I'm going with this. I was hoping I didn't figure it'd be required, yeah. but I was hoping that maybe some way we could make it optional. <laughs> I mean, really any, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the rub, right? Anything is optional. You know, anything is on the table. If, if, um, if it is not in contravention, at least for the example, as long as it's not in contravention to the, um, the seven tenets, it doesn't like harm anybody. Like that's, you know, again, what, what, uh, what an adult does, um, with their own body is their choice. That's kind of, yeah. Yeah. So, um, can I ask, like, is it normal in other states or with other chapters? I didn't know if you just maybe weren't there yet. Like, do they have normal meetings like churches do? Like every Sunday we get together and yeah, you you know what you, you, you mentioned that earlier and I, and I missed, I didn't respond to that portion of it. Um, so one, we, we actually, we, we switched language to congregations, uh, chapters was, was an earlier, um, uh, uh, we used to we we used to call um, local groups chapters and now they're congregations. Okay. Um, but uh, the, the everybody does their own meetings and and so on. But um, there's actually a Tuesday services that happens as well. Um, the during the pandemic, um, you know, uh, obviously meeting in person was a lot more difficult. Events were canceled all over the world of all types. Um, and uh, tenet five, right? Beliefs should conform to the the best scientific understanding of the world. And so in person in person congregating did not make sense. Um, and so the satanic estate was created. Um, and the satanic estate uh, was where um, Satanists um, from TST and really uh, anybody who was interested could congregate um, in an online space. Um, and it's uh, the content has continually grown, but Tuesday services are kind of the big one. 
um, which happen every Tuesday evening at, I think, 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Eastern. I don't know. It's it's always Salem time, and I'm in Chicago, so it's an hour difference, but whatever, it's on the site. Um, but uh, those services um, are usually led by a minister um, and go over all kinds of topics um, that are generally related to Satanism and Satanic thought. Um, and those are Tuesdays. And they are, but again, it's not a requirement. Uh, people are welcome to go if they'd like. Um, I myself, I visit every so often and I've spoken at a few of them, but I've, uh, you know, I'm, it's here and there as to when I can actually make it. But yeah, so that's Tuesday services. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, I got a little bit of a little bit of a rapid fire of questions to close out today. Oh, okay. Um, sure. Just there are just a few. Um, what is and we don't have to dwell on this too far. Like I say, we can we can swift right through this. But if you if you have a lot to say, don't don't hesitate. Um, right. What is the difference between the Satanic Temple and the Church of Satan? Uh, Church of Satan is an organization that was uh, founded by Anton Zandor LeVay in the late fifties. I think fifty six, maybe early 60s. I don't remember. Again, bad Satanist. <laughs> All good. Uh, um, and um, it's a much uh, it's a much more um, individualistic uh, veneration of the self. Um, they, as far as I know, are, are not um, a 501c3 recognized church, um, uh, although they are uh, really a cultural touchstone and, 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 and milestone for many Satanists, myself included. Um, I first read the Satanic Bible in the mid 90s um, and uh, and still, you know, I still have my copy on my shelf. And, you know, it's um, it was a, it was a really um, key moment in the identification of Satanism. Um, but um, they're a little bit less um, active in the public sphere um, than as we are um, and. Uh, people people think there's like this giant fight between the two of us and there isn't most of us just don't care yeah am i correct to understand that the church of satan does actually believe in satan though no there's that wrong no oh, church okay. of satan does not believe in satan um levey's writings have um took a lot of inspiration from um the british occultist alistair crowley um, and his work with the OTO and the Hermetic Order, the Golden Dawn, and the Lima in general, which is a whole nother topic I'd have uh, we could talk about someday. Um, and so there is a good bit of um, what could be considered ceremonial magic um, and so on. Um, I've known numerous Church of Satan Satanists um, that uh, have had varying beliefs as to whether or not they believed in any of it. Some did, some didn't. Um, uh, the, the, a lot of the, the church of Satan's, um, uh, beliefs revolve around, um, again, the veneration of the self. Um, and so, um, over time, some people care a little bit less about some of that. Some people care a little bit more about that. They've had their own, um, schisms with the temple of set and Michael Aquino going off and, um, creating the temple of set, which was a theistic, um, and magic based satanic organization, um, and, um, yeah, but, but no, they do not believe in a literal Satan. Um, is there anybody that actually does like, is there anybody that's like, I believe in everything, but I choose to worship Satan. There are theistic Satanists out there. Um, they, Interesting. yeah. Um, they, I mean, there's, there's the thing is like, there are a lot of different ways one can 
you know, a lot of lenses people view Satan through. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are other satanic organizations out there. Um, you know, uh, the one that, 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 um, has made the news, uh, not too long ago was the order of the nine angles, which is, um, a violent, um, uh, or at least the member, the member there was a violent, uh, white supremacist type rhetoric, um, and, uh, you know, and there are other uh, satan uh, satanic groups, too. Um, I believe Nine Angles is theistic, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Um, but but there absolutely are people that are um, theistic Satanists. Um, there are individual. Uh, and again, Satanism as a whole is very individualistic. Um, and so, you know, it could just be an individual that is a theistic Satanist that's also into Crowley and Thelema, or it could be someone who completely venerates the idea of Satan and, you know, Kali and, you know, destructors in general or things like that. And so there's a, there's a lot of uh, room for interpretation, I guess, um, would be the way that I would describe it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so uh, what is Crow and Coley and the stuff you just referred to? What is what? I'm sorry. What are some of those things you just referred to? Sorry, I didn't want to blow past it just because I didn't know what you meant. And oh. I, maybe some of my listeners didn't either. Sure. Yeah. So uh, Alistair Crowley was a was a, um, a very influential um, ceremonial magician um, who um, kind of um, syncretized a whole bunch of different um, esoteric traditions from yoga to Kabbalah to all these other things. Um, tarot, um, and so on, um, and falls on this all falls under, I guess, Western esotericism, uh, which is its own, its own sort of thing, um, uh, which looks at like alchemy and things like that. But, um, uh, Crowley, uh, was a member of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, which is a magic organization. Um, and then, uh, later the, um, the OTO, the Ordo Templi Orientalis, um, uh, also a, you know, fraternal, um, magical organization and uh, eventually headed the OTO and then split off and um, sort of, I don't know, you can read his bi- his biography on that, but he created. I see, I see now why they're, okay, this is going to, what I, I just about said something that would have made you upset. I was about to say, I see why there is hate for Satanism now, but that's not Satanists now, but that's not what I meant. When you said esoteric and all these things, yeah. and you talked about QAnon earlier, mm-hmm. I was like, "How is there a link there?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I've heard Alex Jones being like, oh, the esoteric writings and blah, 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 blah. like, yeah. yeah, they come up with these crazy ass stories. I didn't realize though that that's all these things you're talking about. They like bake lore into that. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, there's, you know, I'm sure that QAnoners, at least some, probably know who Aleister Crowley is and probably tie him to the Bavarian Illuminati or whatever the fuck they're yelling about. <laughs> um, and like, sorry to cut you off with that, but all, I, just, I had an epiphany. Yeah, it, it, it's you can go to as far down the rabbit hole on Western esotericism as you can anything else. I would make the argument that West, Western esotericism at least has a scholarly bent to it because um you know, if you look at it from the lens of things like alchemy and um, science and things like that, a lot of the thinkers, when we're talking about the anywhere 15th to 17th or 18th century, science, philosophy, and metaphysics were all sort of the same thing. And so a lot of the um, thought processes and, uh, I don't know, maybe not Newton's Principia, but like a lot of different texts kind of, again, syncretized a lot of those kinds of ideas um, together. Um, 
And, you know, some of these ideas have become incredibly important cultural touchstones, whether we realize uh, they're there or not. Uh, John D, the uh, Dr. John D, the spiritualist who is, um, you know, claims to have spoken to angels and created the Enochian language, um, was like was worked with Queen Elizabeth and like um, has been uh, credibly suggested as being like the fundamental like idea for some characters that have shown up in pop culture like you know hundreds of years later. Um, uh, and it, it, all sorts of little touchstones like that down the line. So I guess it just kind of depends on um, whether you look at this as like buying into it completely or with a skeptical eye. Um, I would argue that QAnon is just like buying into whatever fanciful nonsense there is. Whereas like I can look at the same information and be like, cool, and not have to, you know, not immediately go down that rabbit hole of like, oh my God, this is, you know, the Illuminati taking over and the Jews or whatever they're again yelling about today. Sure. Sure. Because it's always the Jews. It's always <laughs> it's always the Jews. It always goes back to the Jews and their space lasers. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Crowley went off and created um his own system with the Lima. He claimed to have spoken to his own to an angel and blah, 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 blah. You know how they do. Um, but that's that's Crowley. I don't remember who else I mentioned, um, but Whatever. I, I didn't realize you were referring to people. So that cleared it up. At yeah. least people can look up the last names. I thought you were referring to like some like theory or something that I should know about. And I was like, no. I don't know. I mean, Crowley, I think, is is just abstract, abstractly in, uh, important to know about from in, in a scholarly look at Satanism and modern Satanism in general, because mm -hmm. a lot of his ideas um, that are well, magic and non-magic related, I think, have a lot of um uh, basis in modern satanic thought of like rejecting doing things backwards, doing things, uh, for the sake of doing things, um, you know, um, and so on, like uh, there, that, that is a satanic idea, but, um, you know, it's again, it's non-theistic and non-supernatural. So the ideas are, are good, but they only go so far, I guess would be the way I would say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, so besides joining the Facebook page, which we will link in the podcast description below folks. So if you want to, if, if that's easier on you, um, just go in the show notes, uh, for the podcast description for this episode and, uh, just click the link and it'll take you over to the Facebook page besides joining that and getting, becoming active and getting involved. How else could, uh, people support, uh, the satanic temple in Illinois. Uh, in Illinois, the big thing would be the charity drive right now. Um, honestly, like I said, we, we, uh, we, we are collecting the menstrual products for, um, for those, um, with uteruses in need. Um, and so panty liners and, um, unopened boxes, panty liners and pads, top of the list. Um, and on the Facebook page, uh, again, we do have a list of all of our partner businesses, um, that are hosting boxes, donation drop boxes, like illuminated brewing, uh, illuminated brew works, uh, sound growler brewing out in Tinley, um, bucket of blood, um, uh, books and records, um, in, uh, in Chicago, which also has our little satanic library set up. So there's, they have a whole bunch of books, um, that we sort of curate for them, uh, on a satanic temple shelf, which is kind of fun. Um, or Satanic Temple, Illinois shelf, um, and uh, Orkanoi, get yourself some food, et cetera. There's, there's a lot of places you can drop these off. That would be the biggest thing. Um, and then, you know, for, for those interested in, in, in uh, you know, financial contributions, you can go to the satanictemple.com 
Um, and there's, you know, several ways of donating, but that's, you know, optional. Like don't, we don't make no, don't, we don't make the members don't have to do it. Nobody else has to either. Um, but if, if the, you know, that's always helpful, um, cause lawsuits are expensive. Um, yeah. Great. Cool. Well, I'd love to have you back on in the future to, uh, you know, I know you, that you all are constantly doing great things like the charity drive that you mentioned. So, um, in the spirit of that, I'd love to help however I can to, to use this platform. And, um, yeah, I, I just want to thank you for sitting down with me and taking so much time. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, again, I learned a lot today. I'm going to have to rewatch this because there's probably more, you know, there was a lot discussed in this episode. So appreciate you. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, thanks for definitely be, definitely be reaching out again in the future to have you back on. So folks, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please raise it, rate it positively. Um, definitely reach out if you have any questions. Uh, the easiest way to do that, I would say, would be to go to chillinoynet slash contact. You can send me an email and you can ask a question. I can forward that on to Adam or next time I have him on the show, just ask him, you know, myself. So um, appreciate you all tuning into this episode. We will catch you on the next one. Take Thanks care. So. Take care.